Hello, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and also to explain why you might hear ads like this before, during, or even after an episode. We're a small but mighty team here at Realm, and to help fund our shows, we promote products or services that we think you'd enjoy from a variety of sponsors. If any of our ads interest you, one of the best ways to support us is by visiting the link or using the promo code in the ad. It's pretty much a win-win since you can get some great deals and we can keep making awesome shows like this one. You can also visit realm.fm slash partners for more information about our sponsors and how to access the different promotions. Thanks again for joining us in our corner of the universe. Listen away. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. A cave in the Safed Quarras Mountains. Prime Dimension. Now. My doppelganger grins. Sorry. And she hits me with an open palm strike to my face. The punch takes me by surprise, knocks me over. She hits me again, a closed side strike. Then a thumb to a pressure point just below my ear. In you go. She throws me into the open cage and the darkness beyond. Hey, get back here! Back! God damn it. Fuck! Realm presents... Overleaper, starring Thora Birch, Episode 2. Nine years as an operator, and here I am, soaking in piss in a Saviskin cell block, my ass handed to me by some unarmed look-alike. Hello. Who? Do you? Water. Do you have any water? Sorry, I don't. Whoever the man is, he sounds weak. Too weak to fight. How long have you been in here? I wish I knew. Three days. Four, I can't be certain. My water ran out a day or two ago. (laughs) I've resorted to the off-brand. Doesn't get any better with time. Jesus. I find my pistol. One problem solved. The weapon-mounted flashlight puts a tight bead of light on my cellmate's forehead. Oh! Ah. Oh! The cell is six by six feet, maybe. No bunks, toilets, sink, or really anything a lady might want. Just the same high-tech metal walls, floors, and ceiling as the corridor. 
There's a small drain in the center. That's, uh... It's for cleanup. What's that? The drain. It's not a toilet or anything so useful. It's for cleanup. For washing out the blood after we're dead. How'd you get in here? I see his face for the first time. Fleshy and full. A four-day-old beard. Balding. I know this face. Why can't I place it? I did something, didn't I? Something horrible. I do know this man. He's been on every newspaper for the last two days. An American scientist who'd been working in Soviska. Then, the day before yesterday, he walked into a conference in Philadelphia, tape-wrapped explosives under his blazer, and blew himself up. Himself and 30 of the world's top theoretical physicists. Dr. Oscar Orrington. How are you alive? Alive? <laughs> alive! Operation Overleaper, day one. Outside a cave in the Safed Quirz Mountains. Prime dimension, now. First act complete. Disposing of the doppelganger. Get back here! Back! I remove my yellow glove and push my hand against a nearly invisible biometric reader to the right of the red door. I tap in the four-digit key code. Two strange Marines salute. In front of them, Colonel Spencer Chase. Well, a colonel in this dimension. In mine, he's a mere starshi lieutenant, a senior lieutenant. Chase smiles warmly. Let's get you debriefed in private. But out of curiosity, what did you see in there? Any hobgoblins? Hobgoblins, the code word. So the mission is still on track. If I had been compromised, he would have asked about ferrets. Neither of us believe in fairy tales, sir. He nods, understanding the meaning behind the words. The Audrey Beach of this timeline has been neutralized. Sergeant, where's your pistol? Pistol? The Audrey I tossed into the cell had been carrying an unexpected weapon. I must have dropped the damn thing in the dark. I shoot a hooded glower Chase's way. My opposite should never have gone in with a weapon. No surprises. That was the order straight from the top. Chase has the decency to blush. Yes, well, we'll find it later. Debrief now, Beach. Guard the door, soldiers, even if it opens, which it shouldn't. No one in or out. That's the order. Yes, yes sir. Let's do this quickly. He leads me toward a snowy path, girding the lip of the mountain. We've got a Blackhawk a click down this way. You flew up from Shindad Air Base this afternoon. Unless it's a deviation from the plan, I'm all caught up. No deviations. 
Everything is just as our mutual friends designed. We'll have the Blackhawk take you down to Bagram. From there, you know where to go. Everything he says is spot on. Everything but one small detail. He glances at the Vostok Amphibia on his wrist. The mirror image of my own. Gifted directly from the Minister of Defense in Znamenka 19. We've got two more hours of daylight. It gets dark early in the mountains. I'm quite familiar with this stretch of the Hindu Kush. Six weeks waiting for final approval for me to go through from the SVS, the Soviskan Foreign Intelligence Service. Nothing to do but practice Sistema Spetsnaz with the counterintelligence operators brought in from my training. That and throw rocks off these cliffs. And think about Lydia. No loose ends. What does that mean? Not my call, Colonel. You understand, right? I don't know. No! A hundred feet down, he careens into his first rock. By the time he's hit three more, I turn away. The helicopter is waiting, and I have fewer than two hours of daylight remaining. Soviskan Mountaintop Prison, Safed Quirus Mountains. <sighs> when did it start? It started when two men knocked on my door. The man who introduced himself as Dr. Oscar Orrington shakes his head, not making eye contact. I, I told them to go away, but these men were insistent. They told me Nikolai had sent them. He's my counterpart at the Servizkin Institute of Physics and Technology. So I let them in. What, what else can you do? They had something to show me, something... Unbelievable. A video. I asked them why they couldn't send it over email. Sensitivity, secrecy, all the normal reasons. In experimental physics, we're used to it. What was on the video? Oh, yes, yes. The video. Extraordinary. They brought a laptop. Military-grade field laptop. It was a short clip. It couldn't have been more than 30 seconds. I made them show it to me again and again. What was it? A man. Sofiskan-style uniform. He looks at the camera, says something. I don't speak Sofiskan. Then points at the wall. Light appears, a slash of it, like someone took a samurai sword to a paper screen. But the slash gets wider until it becomes a door. The officer salutes and... Then he's through. That's it. A second later, the clip ends. <laughs> I frown, remembering the rip in the wall where the woman in the hazmat suit had crossed in. The one who looked like me. Was that this place? No, no, but similar. It was at the Sofiskan Institute of Physics and Technology, which isn't in the capital, but in a suburb just to the north. I was eager to visit after the video, and, and more so after they'd explained what it was I'd seen. A multiverse machine. Doesn't ring a bell. No. The dominant theory in my field holds that while there are three dimensions we can see, up, down, side to side, there are more dimensions we cannot see. Dimensions that exist outside our experience. 
Dimensions outside our experience isn't really something I can wrap my head around right now. <clears throat> think of... Think of parallel universes as, as bubbles in the ocean. There can be infinite or near-infinite numbers of them. But we can only observe our bubble, even though they're hovering just out of reach of our own. Except, with this machine, we can access them. And in each one, we see versions of what could have been. Paths not taken, all floating in higher dimensional space. This is the multiverse. Uh, I'm still not following. Uh, th that woman, the one who attacked you in the hallway. The one who looked like me. No, she didn't look like you. She was you. Me? How can that woman be me? I, I don't understand. Okay, Audrey, let's take a step back. You recognize me when you first shined that light on my face. From the newspapers. What did you read? At 3 p.m. on May 8th, you walked into a conference in Philadelphia. You wore a vest with 15 pounds of C4 and maybe 2,000 steel balls, seven millimeter ball bearings. You sat in the middle of the keynote, dark energy, dark matter, and the dark horse. That was the topic. Good recall. Go on. Anyone within 20 feet of you in every direction, dead. The next 10 feet, badly maimed. You killed at least 30, 60 are still in the hospital. They say you laughed right before you did it. But you never answered me. How are you alive? What do you believe? Mm -mm. You tell me. The conference had hundreds of the brightest minds in physics, Nobel Prize winners, Panofskys, Einsteins, many of them working on just one thing. Do you know what that was? The multiverse. You've lost it. Audrey, think of what you asked me. If I blew myself up in Philadelphia, how am I still here? A dozen ways. Maybe you were set up or... Maybe you sloughed the vest and got outside the blast radius, I... No. In a way, it's so much simpler. I was thrown in here the same way you were. How's that? <laughs> they call themselves overleapers. And it was me, or close enough, a version of me from a near dimension. And this overleaper stepped out of the same portal that yours came through shoved me into this cell. And you were saying this double of yours locked you in here and took over your life? <laughs> he didn't take it over for long. This woman who pushed me in, the one you say is me from another dimension, she's gonna pretend to be me and what? Blow up a shopping mall? Who do you think benefited the most from the death and dismemberment of 90 of the West's most prominent physicists? The debate team? No! The country that has already built a multiverse machine and doesn't want the competition. You must know. But the, the Soviskans? You got it. The Soviskans. So you have to ask yourself, 
What could your red twin possibly do that would benefit them the most? Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Suffered Quirr's Mountains, Operation Overleaper. I checked my watch as I walked the last leg of the path along the face of the Suffered Quirr's. An hour of sunlight left. Still well within the window when I reached the extraction site where the helicopter waits. Where's Colonel Chase? His legs dangle over the lip of the Blackhawk. His acneed co-pilot thumbs through a contraband magazine. I saunter up to the bird and knock on this superstructure. He's not coming. There's a soup sandwich with their fancy door. Not opening or some bullshit. I'm taking the news back to base. You hearing this? We're supposed to leave without the boss. (sighs) Best do as she says. Here we go again. God, I miss Alabama. The pilot flicks his cigarette into a snowbank. Well, you coming? I grab the door latch and pull myself into the cabin. I take a breath to still my nerves. I'm ready to bring to an end what had been set in motion at Lydia's funeral. Sergeant Veach, so sorry for your loss. I was so sorry to hear about the accident and I came as soon as I could to offer my condolences. He was just a concerned station chief up from the DC consulate in Westchester, or so he said. Listen, if there's anything I can ever do to help, just let me know. Help? How? Well, take my card. He was a handler at the SVS. The Residentura had recognized me for what I was. A grieving mother whose anger had no edges, infinite and aimless. That Soviskan station chief had saved my life. He'd put borders to my anger, a face, a name. He'd given me a target. The sun is setting, throwing long shadows. I check my watch. Still on time. Approaching Bagram Airfield. In the distance is a sprawling complex larger than any other base in Afghanistan. As soon as we touch down, the game will start in earnest. My timeline diverged from this dimension 365 days ago. One year to the day. A lot of time to widen the gap in my knowledge. Oh! Hold on a bit, Sergeant Beach. 
gotta stay put while they clear us in. Extra security today. Why is that? Old dust storms at time. Unexpected visit. I shield my eyes against the low sun and scan the tarmac. There it is. Air Force Two. The vice president is on site. You know, you can always tell in election year. Rest of the time, it's budget cuts, right? But when they want our votes, it's guns and butter for everyone. What do you bet VP Strom won't spend the night? He's here for his picture, and he's back to the driving range at Camp Day. I didn't vote for either of them. You were 17 last election. <laughs> I take off my headset so I won't have to hear the rest of their inanities. The Soviskan compound gave me strict instructions to limit contact with this dimension. Keep conversation to a minimum. No television or newspapers. Don't upset the balance. I pull myself out of the hazmat suit. Far off, a mortar explodes at a test range. I miss that sound. All the sounds and the smells of the service. And in another way, I blame the military for everything. The end of my marriage, the depression and the drinking, the drone strike that killed my daughter. All right, we got to go ahead. Later, Beach. I'm out, striding toward the officer's quarters. The next part might be tricky. I need to fool a top commander to get a C-17 to Romania. Hold on, you, over there. I spin, it's military police. I've never been a fan, and this little John Deere golf cart he's driving isn't doing him any favors. I keep walking. I said, hold up, you Staff Sergeant Beach. Might be. I've got to ask you to get in the vehicle, ma'am. That's an order. Yeah? That's right, Commander Applebaum asked me to give you a lift. He wants to see you immediately. That's Brigadier General Topps Applebaum, commander of the 455th Air Expeditionary Wing and head honcho of this place. Just the man I need to see. You're my taxi? Why didn't you say so? I get in the cart and we redline it up the gradual incline until the MP pulls up to a plywood office. Thanks for your cooperation, Sergeant. Don't leave the Brigadier General waiting. A salute as I exit, and then he's gone. A few officers glance up from their maps and computers when I enter. On the opposite side of the room is the man I'm looking for. Staff Sergeant Beach, good to see you again. Good to see you again too, sir. Ah, so you remember me, splendid. I don't, but the other Audrey surely did. Of course, what has it been, a year? Not even that. Uh, your operational detachment Delta flew in here from Fort Bragg six weeks ago. Ugh. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, is there somewhere we can talk in private, sir? I feel his eyes on me, weighing as he leads us through a locked door into the interior. Careful. There's no room for error here. The tight space is taken up by a six-man conference table, with the projector and a screen at one end. Then there's the requisite map of Parwan province and a full-size American flag pinned to bare sheetrock. This is private. You hungry? Sure. Brigadier General Applebaum taps on the door. Half a second later, an administrative officer's head pokes out. Yes, sir. Can you get Sergeant Beach a meal, good stuff, officer's club? Nice. Food might be the single good thing about being an officer. Could you throw in a beer? Uh, she'll take a water. 
better to get you hydrated after what you've been through. Now that we're alone, you can tell me all about that goddamn Sofiskin door. No polygraph. Easier than I'd thought. Wish I could, sir. What does that mean? It's need to know only, sir. But you appreciate the situation, I'm sure, Beach. I do need to know, and I've got top secret clearance. I can't. It's compartmented. A tactic my SVS handler had suggested. Sensitive, compartmented information would require additional steps to access. The Brigadier General's face flushes to the color of rum punch. I put my neck out on this one. Where in the hell is Chase? He's still downrange, sir. But he's got me on orders to take this stateside. Right away, sir. Orders? No goddamn colonel's gonna give orders that supersede my own. Not for me to say, sir, but he wants me flying to DC. It's urgent, sir. National security is at risk. All right, Beach, I'll play your little game. But if this goes south on me, you're coming along for the ride. He taps on the door. A different administrator juts a chin out. Yes, General? See that Sergeant Beach gets that meal and a beer. Then I want her on the next Chinook to Mikhail Kukunisianu. Yes, sir. The American Air Base in Romania. That'll do. Sovieskin Mountaintop Prison. Man. How long have I been sitting here? Three hours, maybe? That would make it just after sunset. Oscar's sleeping slumped over, wheezing snores like a cat's. He's been talking in his dreams, wild ramblings. At times, it's almost like he believes he's the killer. That somehow his mind and the mind of the man who blew himself up in Philadelphia have mixed, boiled into each other. The hallucinations. The memories of death. I run my hands over the walls, feeling for a seam or a crack. Anything that might hint at escape. But it's solid. I give the bars another shake. Nothing. That doesn't stop me from giving them a nice kick. Oh! It's useless. They're solid steel. I worked... I worked in those days. You got a better idea. <laughs> he wipes his nose and shrugs. A simple act that seems to rob him of his remaining strength. Yeah, that's what I thought. Look, you should rest. Just go back to sleep. It's the daughter. It's the daughter. It's the daughter. It's the daughter. The word conjures up a fear in me I'd been suppressing. My daughter. Lydia. I'd been trying not to think about her. Trying not to wonder if I'd ever see her again. But I shake myself. Of course I'll see her again. Oscar, go back to sleep. The daughter, the daughter. Theory of universe only. Not, not a theory, I think. In the multiverse, for every possible outcome of every possible decision, there is a universe. Every possibility of 
exist somewhere. In one, I became a barista. In another, a pet groomer, an astronaut, a patent attorney, etc., 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 etc. Then he's back asleep, snoring almost instantly. I shine the LED beam through the bars. The wall is smooth where the other Audrey, the overleaper Audrey, came through. How is there no sign of the doorway? Whatever Oscar seems to believe, he's right that these Soviskins have cooked up some advanced-ass tech. I slump back against the wall. I'd better get out soon. Or else... I'm going to die in here. You're listening to Overleaper, starring Thora Birch. Overleaper is a Realm original production. Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Overleaper is a Realm original production. Created and written by Sam Bush. Produced by Diana M. Foe, Fred Greenhalge, and Haley Wagreich. Additional story production by Nicole Otto and Marco Palmieri. Directed by Fred Greenhalge. Executive produced by Molly Barton, Marcy Wiseman, and Julian Yap. Starring Thora Birch as Audrey Beach and The Overleaper. Yolise Arroyo, Jordan Batiste, Peter Burkrot, Janet Boris, Gilbert Glenn Brown, Hector Louis Bustamante, Chris Cleveland, Ryan Coyle, Stephanie Diaz, Richard Doyle, Kate Elefante, Mark Engelhart, Maricilda Garcia, Anthony Grant, John Kapalos, Inte Kim, Chuck Karaplis, Richard McGonagall, Alex Ruiz, Lorenzo Villanueva, Cecily Williams, Michael Wolner, and I'm Graham Rowett. Sound design and mixing by Rory O'Shea. Original score and composition by Yaron Grauman. Production manager, Alexis Latshaw. Production coordinator, Angela Yee. Casting by Sunday Bowling and Meg Mormon. Cover art by Kindle Thomas. Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Acidolahi. Find more shows like Overleaper by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm. Hold up. 